Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, it is a new year. We had our kickoff episode last week, and now we're starting a new series. And friends, as I was looking forward to 23, I had to think about what kind of themes did I want to explore. And really, the theme of the show is consistent. Lose Yourself is a call to discipleship. It unapologetically talks about discipleship. It encourages the path and the journey of discipleship. And it hopes to equip people in their journey of becoming a disciple maker. So this year, we're just going to start off on a series on who discipled you? What does it mean to be a disciple? How do you make a disciple? And really take this apart and break it down because for so many people, they've never been discipled. That's a word that sounds churchy to some, although it shouldn't. For those who've been privileged enough to be in a discipleship relationship, whether you're being poured into or whether you're the one pouring into someone else, it is one of the richest joys of our Christian life. It equips us, it helps us, it encourages us. We grow. The irony of this being a difficult process of recruiting and equipping people to do this is those who are not participating are missing out on not only growing in your faith and taking part of your lifelong journey as a disciple, but really when you take on people and you pour into them, it really is one of the most meaningful experiences of your life. And something that seems like a chore, something that seems like a distraction that's going to take you away from your family and other priorities really ends up being a very powerful and meaningful part of your life. And most importantly, it is something that we express our obedience to Christ when we do this. This has been on my heart for a while, and this episode, again, is going to introduce a series, and so we're going to be getting deeper and breaking this apart in future episodes. But there's a question that I've been asking my friends, my colleagues for the last year. This has really been on my heart, and I've thought to myself, I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm just going to ask. The question is, who discipled you? That should be a simple question. Everyone should have an answer. That iconic passage in the New Testament, the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There is no exclusive spiritual gift of discipleship. No one is excluded. What's interesting about that, you break this apart line by line. Whose authority? Christ's authority. Go make disciples where? Of all nations. Some people have translated that as you go, meaning you don't exclude those in close proximity to you to go share the gospel in faraway places. We can find disciples anywhere that we walk, any in our families, with our friends, in our communities, in our churches. Uh, it's a very important part of what we do. And so as you go, make it disciples of all nations. 
there's just not something that we could pawn off on saying, I have a gift of something else. Sometimes discipleship is mistaken exclusively for evangelism. Again, these are two sides of the same coin. You are proclaiming and you're calling people to repentance and calling people to faith, but the journey doesn't end there. This is not sales and customer service. This is proclamation, but also investing and bringing people along. I feel like that is the most effective way because the people that you're taking on know you're vested in them. And that's what creates the multiplication because there's trust. There's that feeling that they have someone who is rooting for them, is for them, is praying for them. People are going to pour their life experiences into them and help them grow in their faith. When someone just kind of pops in, makes a decision, then leaves, there's that disconnect. And again, I believe there needs to be crusades and, and great evangelistic organizations and events, but we cannot get so enamored with the crowds and the production that we lose the real growth engine, both spiritually and numerically, of the church, which is person-to-person discipleship. Discipleship seems to be one of the most challenging aspects of the church. We can find volunteers who want to address certain social problems or volunteer in programmatic ministry, but people find it hard to take on the role of a disciple maker. And my feeling is that is due to feelings of inadequacy and feelings of not being prepared. And most commonly, people have just never been discipled, so they can't reproduce that. A friend once told me that the term discipleship, it's like a wet bar of soap. It slips out of your hands as soon as you think you've got a hold of it. To some, discipleship means evangelism. To others, it means deep Bible study. Still others think of it as faithful church attendance, and others think it's a ministry calling. None of these answers are necessarily wrong, but they're not exclusively correct either. We have a church discipleship problem. And our first issue is that we cannot all agree on what that means. I asked that simple question, who discipled you, to church people, pastors, missionaries, and the families of faithful Christians. And I was surprised by the answers. Many of them would say, well, my Sunday school class or my youth pastor, you know, the guy evidently discipling 100 teenagers at the same time. For some, it's the pastor who hired me which it sounds more like an apprenticeship, the person who gave me the chance to preach, denominational leaders, podcasters, influencers, and most notably seminary professors were the most common answer for clergy. Sitting under someone's teaching is undoubtedly essential, but is that the same thing as discipleship? Years ago, there was a prevalent teaching that came through evangelical life that talked about the dust of the rabbi. In this, the author recounted how rabbis had apprentices who would follow them around everywhere they went. These apprentices were so involved in the life of their leader and so attentive to learning from that rabbi that the dust kicked off the rabbi's sandals and it would be all over his pupils. At the time, the central teaching was Jesus being the rabbi and that we should all have him as the center of our life, and I think that's excellent and I agree. But another takeaway I had was that Jesus is more than a rabbi. He's God. Rabbis are supposed to be ones who point to someone greater than themselves. And in discipleship, we need more rabbis. 
This role is not to be one of exaltation of the person or personal promotion, but of obedience and pouring into others. As I look back on my life, I can think of faithful Sunday school teachers, excellent preachers, wonderful media personalities and podcasters, and of course, personnel committees and managers. But truthfully, in this soul searching, I've had a hard time pinpointing a rabbi whose dust is all over me. I came up during the church growth movement when much of the emphasis was on the professionalization of the staff and building the organization. It was up to us to pay for seminary, learn on the job, become self-directed and sufficient, and survive ministry by putting up metrics that would allow us to stay employed and stay in the good graces of our congregation. I say this transparently because I have sought out those relationships in my life, and it's not only difficult to find someone willing, it's also difficult to find someone qualified. This is more about me looking at people who might be listening to this program in their car, on their podcast, and say, you need to be discipled, and you need to seek this out. I know many churches are trying desperately to equip, to train, to teach their membership through a variety of different ways. What I'm looking for listeners on this program, whether you're a brand new Christian, you're going to learn through this process that a disciple is essentially a follower of Christ. That is a lifelong journey. And if you're a new Christian, this is the beginning of your lifelong journey as a disciple. I want you to consider this. You'll begin the most powerful experience of your life. But I also want to speak to some folks who might have come into church during a season where it was the show, it was attractional, it was comfortable, and good. I'm glad you're in church. I'm glad you're enjoying it. But as you're sitting there, if it hasn't happened already, I'm hoping that you'll grow restless and desire something more. And yes, you can find that within your church. It probably already exists, but you've maybe been too concerned to seek it out. You've been ashamed that perhaps you don't know as much as you think you should know. It sounds lame. It sounds tedious. It sounds scary. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Friend, I need you to put that aside. Start this year with a desire to go deeper in your faith, to pursue Christ, to get equipped, and to follow Christ. It's a wild journey from lost person, kind of skeptic, to curious about faith. You know, some people go to churches that say, you know, belong before you believe. But at some point, there is a undeniable, unavoidable moment where you have to decide this is true and this requires action on my part. And that's when someone comes to faith and that's when they decide, if I'm going to come to faith, if this is true, I need to grow. And only in that process of growth that can you then help others grow and be a discipler, if you will. And that is the heartbeat of this program, that there's going to be times that when you've grown in your faith and you have a foundation, when life becomes difficult and your faith gets tested, you have the foundation to stand upon. You have the support system that's going to help you weather that. And so in so doing, we help each other 
as we continue in, in this life full of difficulty and challenges, but yet with a vibrant faith from a life of discipleship. I'm hoping that people will embrace this so that they can experience the life that God created them to live. The genesis of the discipleship process looks like this. In Luke 5, 1 through 11, you see Jesus standing at the lake with Peter, Simon, and they cast their nets. It's a very popular passage. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be a fishers of men. So they pulled their boats up to shore and left everything and followed him. In this passage, you see what has happened to all of us who are walking with Christ. Jesus appears. You see this moment where Peter says, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. That means he recognizes the deity of Christ, his own lostness, his own sinfulness, and his need for Christ to save him. They left everything and followed him. Friend, that is the beginning of the discipleship journey, and that is just the genesis of this journey. There's so much more to be experienced, but I would be remiss if I didn't start off with that specific decision. Friend, you can't save yourself. You need to come to Christ. And I'm looking forward to this conversation over these next weeks where we can talk about what it means to be a disciple, how you can come to faith, and how you can grow to be more like Christ and have true meaning and purpose in your life. Thank you for joining me today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.